wisdom is something you can't see nor touch, and yet you can personify it. You can relate to it as a person. That's what's happening here in the book of Proverbs. And you will find this flowing right through many of the Proverbs. It refers to wisdom, and wisdom is a person. So, who is that person? Well, if you study chapter 8 sometime, you will find that it is the Lord Jesus. It is Christ. And here you have the Savior speaking, turn at my reproof. You have really here in Proverbs the ministry of the Lord Jesus, doing what he did when he was on earth. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. What a privilege to bring the message of the gospel again. And today we're bringing the word turn or burn. No excuses, salvation. And I trust that you will seek the Lord. Also, we have don't miss the cross. I fear that many who hear the gospel and perhaps know something of the facts of Jesus' death, yet they miss the meaning of the cross. They get lost somewhere in the liberal modern jargon, and they lose the comprehension of what it meant for God to send his Son to die upon that cross. The apostle said that we are to boast in the cross. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the thing we are to brag and to declare. We can tell the world this good news, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And that's our burden here at Let the Bible Speak, here from our church. Romans 5 verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Oh, that atoning work, that reconciling work of the Lord Jesus when he suffered, bled, and died on Calvary's hill. And he suffered for you and for me. He took our wrath, the wrath of God due to us, the judgment that it should have fallen upon our heads and burned us into all the eternal fires of hell. That wrath that should have fallen on us fell upon the Lord Jesus while he hung upon that cross. Today we're turning to the message of God's Word. Turn or burn. Proverbs chapter 1. You'll notice in verse 20 and 21, it talks about the concourse. That's the marketplace, as I mentioned, and of course, the buying and the selling. Great judgment, right weights. Buy the truth and sell it not, we are reminded of. The sight of aged men and women walk in the streets, in the marketplace. Someone you met 20 years ago, now they are aged. The face came up on Facebook. 
I didn't realize. It's been all these years. I hardly recognize him or her. So stooped, so gray, so aged, getting near the grave. All of these things preach to us. Or maybe the passing of a funeral car. Someone struck by death, carried off to the grave to be buried, to be remembered, but seen no more. The Christian witness is all around us. Radio, adverts, Bibles, churches. When I came to this area in 1984, on a short visit before I brought Beulah and our children to commence a ministry here, even then I was impressed with all the churches I was in Aldergrove, Abbotsford, Burnaby, New Westminster, uh, some parts of Surrey, but the older parts, so many church buildings. And of course, with all the immigrants, you've got the, the, the Mennonite people and the Dutch people and the German people, and you've got Anglicans and you've got Presbyterians, you've got all these peoples of various backgrounds, and they want their own church. But every church is a witness. Every church is a testimony of the living God. You can't get away from him. And young person, if you think that today that you can cloud out and drown out the witness of the living Christ, you can't do it. You would be a fool. In the Psalm 139, we read, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. You cannot run from the Lord. And you know somebody who tried it, don't you? You know Jonah tried to run from God. He took a ship. But in the midst of the ocean, God found him, and God even saved him. You would be a fool to try to run from God. And here's the first reason. God's witness calling you to turn is everywhere, everywhere. What are you going to do? If you say no, you will fight it all your life right till your dying breath, and you'll go into eternity without God, without Christ, and without hope. That's why you are bidden to turn, turn at my call, my reproof. Secondly, move to my next big reason here. You are without excuse because you're commanded to return. Turn at my reproof. This is not an option. This is not even just a promise. This is a command. A command. Now, <clears throat> you might say there are things in the Bible that I can take and leave. And yes, there are. There are things in the Bible that are not specifically for you. But this is a command. This is a call to turn. And God, of course, has all authority— he has 
the authority to command all men to turn and to hear his voice. This is his subpoena to the courtroom. And you must heed his word, his call. What will he do if you don't? Well, <laughs> turn you at my reproof. We'll get into some of that maybe a little bit later in the message. What will happen if you don't? But the Lord takes the rod to strike, and he keeps up the call. And sometimes there are in your life reverses. There are those things that are bitter, bitter disappointments, and you are called to turn, to turn, and they are commands to you. I'll move to number three now. You're without excuse because you're promised help to turn. You'll notice how this verse 23, there's the negative and the positive. Here is the positive side because it says, Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. You see, inability is no excuse. And I know you're saying to me, but preacher, I could never be a Christian. I could never be a man of prayer. I could never be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. You're asking me to do something that is beyond me and my strength. I know. I know. You have no ability to give up sin. You're a slave to it. You have not got the strength to say no to the devil because he has you captive, led at his will. I know. I know what you're saying. I hear the pain of your heart saying, but I could never be a child of God, and I could never live the life that a Christian ought to live. But here is a promise, a promise that if you will turn, I will pour my Spirit unto you. And so your responsibility is to seek the water, to seek the new life, to seek the grace that is yours in the Savior, and then he will pour that water onto you. Turn with me, please, to John 7 and verse 36. <clears throat> John chapter 7 and the verse 36. And this gets into this issue of, I would, but how can I? I might be a Christian, but how could I? Well, let's look at these verses in John 7, 36. What manner of saying is this, that he said, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Uh, that's your problem, isn't it? You would seek the Lord, but you cannot come. You don't have the strength. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. You are filled with spiritual inability or absolute weakness. You're powerless. Now, here is now the gospel. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth in me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You might say, Preacher, now come on. What are you talking about water flowing out of my belly? What kind of language is that? That's too strange for me to understand. Well, look at the Bible's explanation of it. Verse 39, 
This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. That's all put in brackets, because it is an explanation of the vivid language of a thirsty soul pleading for water. And if you believe on Jesus, who is the water of life, he will cause your life to be an overflow of water, a great supply. Now, when you make the argument and say, I cannot come, I cannot turn, I cannot believe, I cannot be a Christian, I cannot be a disciple of Christ, you're saying, you need to do it all in your own power. And if that's your thinking, I understand you could never do it. You could never save yourself. You could never clean up your life. You could never make yourself a new heart. You could never make yourself a, a, a new name. These are all things that the Lord does for you. When you turn, when you turn, the Lord says, I will pour my Spirit upon you, and you will be given new life, new life in Christ. That's what you need. That's what the answer is to the simple, to the fool, to the one who has no hope, the scorner, come, believe, receive, and be marvelously saved. Now, the Lord Jesus is the great helper of seeking sinners. That's very simple. Are you a seeking sinner today? Now, it says, if any man thirst, that's the picture of someone seeking your thirsty. You might be saying, I would love to change my ways. I'd love to be delivered from this hell that I'm digging for myself. I'd love to be delivered from this old life that brings no satisfaction or peace to my soul. I've tried the broken cisterns, but ah, the water's filled. You would have a new life. There's the, the desire of your heart. Then come. And the Lord promises, I will pour my Spirit upon you. And He gives you the new life, the new grace that you need to live the Christian life. Now, go to verse 23 in Proverbs 1, and you'll notice how that verse goes on. I will pour out my Spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Now, I hear you saying, I could never be a Bible Christian. I might be a liberal Christian. You know what a liberal Christian is? A liberal Christian who is a person who wants to have religion but doesn't want to be tied down to doctrine. A liberal is a modernist who debunks the miraculous of the Bible and the inspiration of the Bible. But you'll notice that if you come to Christ, He will make you a Bible Christian. It says, I will make known my words unto you. You see, this is the wonder of the miracle of conversion. The moment that you are saved, you become a Bible lover, and the Bible becomes a new book to you. It really opens up, and your understanding is stirred. And of course, the Lord Jesus is the great teacher, and He promises that He, by His Spirit, will give us an understanding. 
You remember that word in 1 John 5, 20, ye have an unction from the Holy One and understand all things. That's a Christian. The unbeliever, nothing here. The new mind in the Christian, oh, God speaks to me through this word. And as I memorize and as I meditate and as I dig into the Word of God, it becomes my meat. It becomes my food. It's the living manna that feeds my soul. Yes, you can be a Bible Christian because the Lord promises that He will pour His Spirit unto you and make known His words unto you. Would you pray for that? Would you say, Lord, that's what I want? That's what I need. Come, work this miracle in my heart. You see, there's the answer to the simple. The man or woman who has the Bible has truth. You're no longer a simpleton. The man or woman who loves the Bible is no longer a scorner. Oh, no, this is God's Word. And the man or woman that has the Bible is no longer, and I'm looking for the third one here, the fool. You have wisdom, and you walk in the ways that are wise. Now, let me finish up with this. You're without excuse because you're reasoned with to return. God reasons with you because of your total ruin. Look at verse 27. When you fear, when your fear cometh as desolation, everything is swept away and made a waste. God reasons with you that it will be sudden ruin. He speaks there of the whirlwind. And your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distress and anguish came upon you. And then in verse 28, it will be your final ruin. Then they shall call upon me, but I will not answer. There's the soul that's lost. There's the soul that would not turn, but is now in the place of burning the place where God will not hear. You're lost and doomed. There is no hope. And verse 31, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. You reap what you sow, and their way was the way of self-destruction. This is the Lord of wisdom crying out to you today. This is the Savior in his love warning. It's because he loves your soul that he warns you and calls you to turn. I close with this little story. When a Mr. Christopher, who became the deputation secretary of the London City Mission, was but 15 years old, he preached his first sermon. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't in a marketplace. It was in a barn. And he preached to 10 cows, as he thought. And so he preached his heart out, and he preached the message of redemption that men should turn from their sins. But little did he know that hiding in that barn was a drunkard, a homeless man, and he had been longing to be delivered from his sin. And while that young boy preacher was but 15 years preaching to cows, God used his sermon 
to give him his first convert to Christ. The gospel reached that man's heart and saved him and delivered him. You see, we preach a gospel that really delivers. If it doesn't deliver from sin, it's not the gospel. If it doesn't give men new hearts, it's not good news. If it doesn't deliver from the way to hell, it is not the gospel that came from heaven. This is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. Maybe you, like that man in the barn, have been hiding. And today the gospel has come to you, and you have heard something that gives you hope. Praise God, there is hope here. And if you will bear the knee and come to Christ today, the Lord will save you, I assure you. And he will work in you the promise of these Proverbs. I will pour out my Spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. And he will be a living, powerful Savior dwelling in your heart. That's what you need. And you are here today lost, hopeless, and as I preach those three categories of people, the simpleton just shrugging your shoulders, just fluffy, no idea. Or maybe you're the sconner and say, there's nothing in this religion. Praise God there is. Or maybe you're the fool that hates knowledge. I bid you today to give up that bitter attitude and to receive the gospel truth, the gospel that saves and sets you free. Will you believe today? Will you be saved? Boys and girls, have you heard this call to turn? All wrapped up in those two words, turn or burn. Young people, what are you going to do with your lives? Turn or burn. Some aged soul here today, life is very short for you. Opportunities are fleeting by. Turn or burn. I bid you come. And as I often do, I invite anyone just to remain in your seat while others leave. And I'll come to you and talk with you about the way of salvation. Or maybe you pray the sinner's prayer, would you tell me? Just tell me I've called on the Lord to save me. And may the Lord bless you and bless his word to your heart.
You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher and another message on the cross of Christ. Don't miss the cross. You will miss the cross if you fail to understand that God planned the cross out of grace. This is the counterbalance to the notion that God is only angry and full of fury against sinners. The marvel is that the righteousness, loving, and holy God, who is totally self-existent outside of his own creation, was moved in grace to plan the cross. Above and beyond that, he gave his only begotten Son to be the sacrifice for sin. So you need to realize that God planned the cross and provided a sacrifice so that guilty sinners who deserve the wrath of God will be saved from the flames of hell. Hell is the due desert of rebels to God. The wages of sin is death. So on that cross, the Lord Jesus took our sin and he took our hell for us. The cross is not just the emblem of love for the Christian. It also is the emblem of judgment, of hell, as the eternal payment for sin. And then we sing, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy great power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul. And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross my burden gladly buried, he bled and died to take away my sin. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. 
We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.